Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Here's a long three by... Oh, and here is back. Ladies and gentlemen, Sabonis out to Turner, a three. Card! Sabonis down the lane with authority. Last night it was the NBA suspending its season after Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz tested positive for the coronavirus. This hiatus will be at least 30 days. This is a moment we have leverage right now. People are going to look back, our kids are going to look back at this and say, you are a part of that. What is job one right now for us as the American people in your mind, Malcolm? I think the black community needs allies, people of all different races to come together, to come with us stand by us. The NBA Board of Governors has approved a 22-team restart in Orlando, Florida at Disney World. Welcome into the Hangtime Podcast. I'm your host, Seku Smith, here in Atlanta. As always, grinding away as we get ready for the NBA restart in Orlando on July 30th. 22 teams, and each and every day we are diving down the rabbit hole on one of those teams. Today, we're talking Indiana Pacers, and I like to call this man the winningest human being I've ever heard of. Back-to-back high school championships, an undefeated NCAA championship, NBA championship. You probably win at cards, probably won your kindergarten basketball title. (laughs) Quinn Buckner, my man. How are you, sir? Thank you very much. I appreciate it. My Olympic teammates would like to let you know that we were pretty successful as well. So. That's what I'm saying. What didn't you win? Um, <laughs> you know what? Excuse me, trouble. It's hard for me to say. That. <laughs> I played with some really good players. Let's just put it that way. Oh, that's all right. We'll, <laughs> we'll let you get away with that one. Listen, this, this Pacers team, I'm, I'm scratching my head, QB, as we get ready to crank up the action in the bubble in Orlando. And is Victor Oladipo in? Is he out? Is he still contemplating, I mean, where's he at in terms of how he wants to attack this thing? Is What do you think? You and I have been, been at this thing for a couple of days. Uh, and I don't mean in terms of just the COVID. I mean, just in general, covering the league. I've not seen anything quite like this either. But I don't think we've seen this injury on this type of player. Now, this is from Victor. Now, first of all, for those of you who don't know, Tony, this is what Tony Parker had. What Victor did was tear the quad tendon above the knee that really holds the kneecap in place. And so he's been very sensitive, and I think he's worked very hard in trying to prepare and get back and play. One of the things I thought was important, I, and I don't, I don't get into the decisions, as you know, on the internal, was to get back and play and recognize what you can and what you can't do based on the speed of the game. You know, these guys can play. So, and I think he found some of that out during the 13 games when he came back, and he was starting to get back up to where he thought he should be, and I thought he should be. But I also noticed is that he was tiring faster and that's usually an indication of you having to put that extra effort to be just a little bit quicker and so he struggled with that we're now getting we're in the COVID era and he's trying to prepare I'm not certain that he felt comfortable 
playing coming back to get ready for the restart, which we, you know, we're all getting ready to, to have before us. And in that time frame, I just think he's, he's just struggling with confidence as to whether or not he can get out there and do it or not. But, you know, um, because he doesn't have anybody that he can talk to about this from any prolonged period of time, I, I believe as much as anything, he's nervous. And probably, I wouldn't say scared, but yeah, I would think that'd be part of it because he's just not certain he can play at the level he's got to play. Now, I'm going to take a little moment here to kind of continue. He's also getting ready to go into a contract here. You know, if you're going to talk about it, you got to talk about it in the context. And we cannot sit here and talk about this and not think that at some point that plays into the thinking to make sure that, it, you know, given when we're ramping up, how we're ramping up with Adam and the NBA do, like you and I have seen many times, thank goodness we're in this business, they do it at a high <laughs> level. Right. But he's got to be concerned about with the short ramp up time, can he be prepared to play the way he needs to play, help his team and, and keep himself safe for next season? That's a long answer to your question, but that's what I see. As you mentioned, it's, it's more than just about the restart for him. It's coming off the context of coming off an injury, coming back from an injury, and then that contract year and what all of that means. So it's a lot in terms of his decision-making process. Um, the Pacers team, with or without Victor, has been really competitive. I mean, and, and probably surprised some people at how competitive they've been. And they've dealt with a, a host of injuries. And going into this restart, you have other issues. Like you mentioned, the COVID era, Malcolm Brogdon testing positive. What, what's his status in terms of where he's at in relation to, to being ready to play at his highest level? Well, you talk about the, the surprise, and a lot of people may be surprised by this, but Malcolm has been the reason quite frankly. Malcolm is as unique an individual as I've been in this, again, for a day or two. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of guys come through that are skilled to play from a, a physical standpoint, some with mental capabilities. Malcolm is unique in terms of his ability to lead. And, and, and now what he's doing is showing people, I think, more so his ability to play. He was the rookie of the year when he came in, which he, I think fairly he, he got. There were others that had complained about it. Mm -hmm. But he was never able to show what he could do. So the Pacers get him, and he gets an opportunity to do that. And I think he's done it at a high level. He's led this team. But, you know, you've had a lot of good things, but you've got to have a leader. Malcolm's the leader. I believe he'll be prepared to play, but I'm not in the bubble, so I don't know, <laughs> know all of that. But I know he has practiced. And, you know, oddly, this, is, this is Malcolm. He's practiced with a mask. Right. Now think about that. When you get into the league and you've been in it long enough, you kind of lose what's real. So he practiced in a mask, not for himself, but to be sure that his teammates were comfortable. Now, it helped him with conditioning, but that's the kind of guy you got. So Bonus has had a career year so far. He made the all-star team. Miles Turner and, and Sabonis has been a, a match that people want to see whether they can be effective. Miles blocks shots. He makes threes. But I'll tell you, T.J. Warren, Seku. I'm not sure anybody expected T.J. Warren to do what he's done. He's not only been able to score the ball and score from the three, but he can defend. And so you can go down the lineup and you've got guys that do that. What the Pacers have seemingly put together here, not seemingly have, are guys who are trying to prove that they belong in this league. And I always thought that if you can play hard, for the hardest, for the longest period of time, you have a chance to have success. And I think the Pacers have a number of players, and some I didn't name, that, but that's the case as well. So that's that's what's happened with this team. And, and Nate has been 
so good at adapting to whatever he had to deal with. How important is it to have that kind of steady and force and presence when you have the kind of turnover on this roster that the Pacers have had? I neglected to say that first because that at the forefront of all of this is why. You're on it, as always. Nate McMillan, many of the younger generation may not know, was a hard-nosed player, scored a little bit, defend, played Seattle, Gary Payton and all that. But he, he went into coaching. They called him Sarge yeah. for his approach. So you're talking about a guy who is steadfast on rules, you know, making sure he holds you accountable. And he did it in a very stern manner. What has been most impressive about Nate is recognizing the change in society and the young men who are in it uh, as it relates to the NBA. He's adapted to that. And, and he's still firm, but he doesn't have to do it with an, an overpowering persona and or voice. But he holds people accountable. And I think these guys appreciate it. At the end of the day, I think all people appreciate being held accountable. But I think you're right. It's been his touch as much as anything, knowing when to come with the heavy hand or the soft hand or the kick or the pat, whatever you want to call it. He's done an extraordinary job, I think, and is, and is a big part of why this team is successful. You mentioned Sabonis. He's a guy so talented, like you mentioned, an all-star season. Is he ready for what might be asked of him? I don't know that he's been in a situation where he'll have the sort of expectations for what he can deliver as he'll have in this one. The answer is a question mark, first of all. Yeah. He may have a better chance because – Many may or may not know his dad is Arvidas Sabonis, who was a terrific basketball player for Russia at the time and would have educated him on part of this process because his dad had to carry his teams in Russia for many years and can give you some insight. But the truth is, none of us know the burden that we can carry until we try to carry it and realize, whoa, all right, I need a little more of this, a little bit more of that. But I will say this, he will go in willingly. I think with great commitment and do everything that he can in order to make this team be successful. But I agree with, I think that's a great question. And I think that's one of the things the Pacers are hoping to find out going through the uh, playoffs. This is such a unique circumstance. And as we talked at the top of the show, you, you have literally played and won at the championship level everywhere you've been, but I've never wrapped my head around anything like this being possible. A season to go, 65 games for most teams. We break for four and a half plus, you know, almost five months for a global pandemic, then come back and restart the season in the dead of summer. And somebody's going to have to stay disciplined enough, focused enough, locked in emotionally, everything long enough to try and win a championship in a format that we've never seen in this league. As a player, how do you adjust to all that's being thrown at you right now if you're the guys in these locker rooms? I really think that is the salient question of winning this year and I, I, of any success. The mental aspect of this is going to be incredibly important because we talk about COVID. We got young men that are dealing with COVID, not only individually, but with their families and or loved ones. The social issues young men are seeing and many for the first time. And the question becomes, how do you unpack all of that? How do you get that? in a place organized, if you will, in your brain where you can compartmentalize it. And then on top of that, you have your craft that you have to be on top of. This is a huge question. That's why you see, I think we all see Adam Silver and Michelle Roberts talk about the mental health of these young men, because that's really going to be the case. So the, the one person, there are many people who are probably able to do it. The guy who's been through the most 
and can probably help his team the most is probably LeBron, quite frankly. Because there's been very few, if any, young men who've come into our league have had to deal with what he's had to deal with. And therefore, he's got some sense of how to prepare for extraordinary situations. Now, mind you, the one we have is the most unusual that's been in mankind's history. So that in itself makes it unique. But you have to look to people that have some kind of experiences to get themselves to stay in the moment because that's all you have control over. And he's had to do that time in, time out. And I think that's a big part of it. Now, that's not saying the Lakers are going to win, but I think they're really good. But it's going to take that kind of concentration and experience, I think, to help get people through this. Now, the other thing you can't, we can't count on and count out, but you know, in, in, in any sporting event, there's health. God forbid something happens, and not with just the Lakers, with any team, that strongly impacts it. But the mental ability to lock in, as you said, I think is really what will be the determining factor here. And I mean to a man, that's what will be different. Not just the first five. You're going to have to have guys that are six and seven in the lineup got to do the same thing. You've been, as I've mentioned, on on so many different championship teams, a great leader on on so many of them. Is chemistry and leadership the two driving factors for, as you mentioned, what LeBron will bring to the league? I mean, every team is going to have to have really good chemistry and just the right kind of leadership to navigate whatever their path is in the bubble? Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously talent, I don't, we don't discount that. Yeah, that's a given. Yeah. Those are the critical issues because everybody has to be, and this is cliched, but success in championships of any group dynamic. I mean, you guys at TNT, you guys got to be on the same page, in the same line on the, at the same time. It's the same way here. Now, that's why I was saying it's not just one or two or the top five, you've got to have it up and down the line. And the person who can pull that together and, and do it in a way, to your point about chemistry, where you still have people feeling good about how they play, being stars in their respective roles, that really is it goes a long way to ensuring the kind of success that we're talking about crowning at the end of the season. Talking to Indiana Pacers with Kuhn Buckner here on the Hangtime Podcast. We've, we've talked about all the the nuts and bolts issues. When we come back, we'll talk a little more about what the Pacers should expect at the Magic Kingdom. This is Disney, Quinn. Hey, listen, that can't be all bad. It's Disney. (laughs) Back here on the Hangtime Podcast, Akram Smith talking with Quinn Buckner talking Indiana Pacers and some keys to the Magic Kingdom for this Pacers crew, QB. It's not all serious, you know, 24-7. I mean, they got to be locked in and focused, but there is a little bit of fun to be had at Disney, as long as you're not paying. I mean, I know... (laughs) Yes, sir. Hitting you in the wallet, it might not be as fun, but for this Pacers bunch, if we're doing the Disney theme, somebody's got to wear the glass slipper. And that means which player will be the perfect fit to step up if they don't have Victor Oladipo. Justin Holiday, I'm telling you, Justin Holiday has been huge. Yeah. Um, and, and and you're talking about, you know, I, I'm not sure I can, I want to say this the right way because I don't want to disrespect Justin, but the ability to, to hone in, I was talking about LeBron honing in, Justin has that ability. I mean, I, I you know, we're expecting Malcolm to, to be on the floor, but I think that's really going to be a huge part of that 
he played multiple positions, you know, two, three, four. You can get in positionless. He's that kind of guy, uh, capable of knocking down the three. Um, and is, and really is a leader in his own right just because of his integrity, you know, the way he comes and approaches the game. And by the way, I think he's been a tremendously positive influence on his brother Aaron, who's going to be a good player in this league. Um, so I, I really think Justin is, is going to have to be able to help the Pacers at a very high level. But I'm not going to leave out T.J. Warren. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I know people saw him in Phoenix and some question what he was, what he was doing. The responsibility I think we have in our respective jobs is keep it in context. There were a number of changes that T.J. Warren had to adapt to while he was with his previous team. And he's gotten where he's, he feels comfortable or safe with some stability. And you see a whole different player. And I think he's looking for that opportunity to show people that he may have been, you know, he, he may have succumbed to some circumstances, but he may have felt he was miscast or mischaracterized. So he's somebody else that I think is going to have to step up and, and play a, a large role. If you get three wishes, the Pacers have three things that have to, you know, be in place, locked and loaded for them in Orlando, what would they be? What would those three wishes be? Issue for success in basketball, I don't care how you play it, is rebounding, defending. But then I'm going to cheat and take, make sure we got Malcolm and, <laughs> and Victor. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but you got to defend it and rebound. The challenge the Pacers had all year was, was not being able to, to rebound after defending at a high level. So having said that, that falls on, on everybody. But it gets to your chemistry issue, quite frankly. Your chemistry has to be such that you know who's a strong rebounder, who's not, and you stay with your fundamentals. When the X's and O's move differently than they showed you on the on the little grease board or the whatever, that talent's got to step through. You got to have a horse that makes a play. And I don't, I don't, not denigrate anybody. Somebody that can make a play when everything else just falls apart. Well, Victor may have the best chance to do that. But you've got to be locked in on the defending and rebound and have success. I've seen it time and time again when teams do that. But, you know, again, somebody got to make a play when a play needs to be made. The playoff portion is going to present some potential matchups depending on how things shake out with these seeding games. If there's a beauty and a beast scenario for the Pacers in terms of the best matchup and maybe the worst, what's the beauty matchup for them in a playoff setting once we get through these eight seeding games? I know you didn't ask that question. <laughs> well, that's a tough one, you know, and, and hoping the Pacers can can stay at five. But, you know, Philly has gotten got what they got, and they're making a, a switch. And it's, it's an interesting one with Shake Milton. Right. <laughs> you know, the question is whether or not you can find a way. When you look at the seeding games, it's really what kind of makes this interesting. Pacers have to play Miami. That's going to be a challenge uh, as well, and, and Philadelphia in, the, in that set. I don't know if there is one that makes this easier. Honestly, Sekou, I really don't, I'm not sure about that. And all of the teams are going to be difficult to play when you start looking at the teams that the Pacers are going to have to play, most notably in front of them. And that's really who you're talking about that has the best chance to win a championship. So I, I gave you a lot of no answer, but I gave you the answer that's there. <laughs> What's the poison apple for this team in terms of something they got to steer clear of? You know, when they've been good, they've been really good. When they've struggled, they've struggled. So what's the thing, based on what we saw in the games up to now, that has to be outside of, of what they're doing, has to keep that thing clear from their path? Rebounding. It's not any more difficult than that. If they don't, the Pacers don't rebound the ball. Don't have, you just don't get enough possessions. I mean, can score it. 
good defensive team, but you got, you got to rebound it. In effect, you've got pool play leading right into championship play. And that becomes what makes the difference, rebounding and defending. And the Pacers have struggled probably with rebounding more they have defense. So that would be the Achilles heel. They've made shots. Pacers pass it well. You know, Sabonis is in. You get a nice play. McDermott to make shots. So you get all of those kinds of things. But you got to rebound the ball if you're trying to win a championship. As I mentioned, this is the happiest place on earth when you're talking about Disney. So there has to be a little bit of fun off the court. Yeah. Who's most likely on this Pacers traveling party? Who's most likely to show up and win a cornhole tournament out there on the, the grounds at Disney? I saw, they've been playing. They've been fishing. They've been doing all kinds of stuff. Who's got some cornhole skills, you think, on this Pacers bus? I believe McDermott. I've never seen him play. <laughs> no, I'm just telling you. He's got great hand-eye coordination. Yeah. I think he would win it. He's also a four-handicapping golfer. Oh, wow. Okay. He's a good, really good athlete, you know. And he, But from a pure competitive standpoint, T.J. McConnell. <laughs> I mean, if he, if he can scrap and crawl and, and find ways. Uh, and he is by far the most fun guy on the team. He, he right. is a lot of fun. By the way, I also understand you don't want to play golf with Victor because he's still trying to learn that that, that little bit. <laughs> it can be dangerous off the court. Yeah, that, that would be dangerous off the court. Yeah, some people hit the golf ball, it's supposed to go forward, and it goes up maybe backwards. You know, <laughs> I don't know, but you may want to consider that. I'll tell you what, Miles Turner. This is a guy that, that finds ways to do things that you don't expect him to do. And and winning cornhole, yeah, that, that could very likely be him too. I'm just telling you. I mean, we've, we've got some, some characters on our team, and I think that's what makes the chemistry so much fun. You've got a lot of different guys that do things that some are in character or in expectation and some out of expectation. So, you know, I think those, those guys would, would do something different. What is the fairy tale ending for this Pacers team? I mean, is there – is there a scenario, if everything goes right, that you can see them making the, the conference finals coming out of these? I mean, is there some some path for them that you think could lead to that type of success if everything falls in, in place for them? Pacers have to really shoot it well. I mean, I, obviously we talked about rebound and defend, but they have to really shoot it well. They shot it decently. They, you know, As you know, coming from the last couple of years, shot more threes. I, I, I think that really – is going to have to be um, at the forefront. They'll work hard enough defensively to make some good things happen. The rebounding is is, is really my big big question, but you really got to shoot it well and, and put a lot more pressure on the other team to have to feel like they have to score in their offense and then playing against the Pacers' defense. So you got to shoot it really well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So many different storylines for all these teams, QB, and they and we get it in this mosh pit of basketball. Never seen anything like this. It's like summer league except the big boys show up. That's exactly what it's like. I mean, I'm just anxious for the game. I've talked to people who really have been casual or less than casual followers of the game. They can't wait to the game go on television. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, join the club because we're all feeling that way. Anxious to get back to what we do, what we love, and what we've been blessed to be a part of. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Appreciate Quinn Buckner talking Indiana Pacers with us here on the Hangtime Podcast. Talking about all 22 teams as we head to July 30th and the restart of this NBA season in the Orlando bubble. Um, so thank you again to Quinn, and we appreciate you joining us here on the Hangtown Podcast.